Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. Before we begin our program, I'd like to say thank you to a few listeners for your kind words and generosity. Pauline Belair from Auburn, Massachusetts. Carol Gard from Pine City, Minnesota. And our good, good old friend, Jean Bray. I don't mean that she's old, meaning old, meaning she's been a longtime friend. <laughs> Jean Bray from Shelton, Washington. Also, from my home state of Ohio, George Morin, Beaver Creek, Ohio, in fact. I'd like to thank you for your kindness, your generosity. Thanks above all for listening to us here at Light of the East. I'd also like to mention something that would be very worthwhile for the Labor Day weekend coming up. Worthwhile meaning not only is a time or an opportunity for a great prayer, great fraternity and community, experience of beauty an experience of inspiration, and a way to experience a very beautiful and meaningful part of the Byzantine Catholic Church, and also the people and the clergy of the Byzantine Catholic Church. Now, with that lead-in, that build-up, I'm referring to the annual pilgrimage that takes place at Mount St. Macrina on Labor Day weekend in Uniontown, Pennsylvania. This pilgrimage, this will actually be the 85th pilgrimage. Imagine, 85 years they've been doing this. The Sisters of St. Basil the Great, that's the order that lives there, they've been hosting this pilgrimage for 85 years. And it's the one place where so many Byzantine Catholics come. Actually, all kinds of people come, but it's largely the Byzantine Catholic membership of all of our parishes from all over the United States. And it's a very youthful crowd, actually. A lot of young people come, young families come. And the sisters have been doing this for these many years. Unfortunately, though, because of COVID, they've had to scale it back a bit. Usually it runs from Friday night of the Labor Day weekend all the way through Monday of the Labor Day weekend. But this year, they're just focusing on the Sunday of that weekend. That would be Sunday, September 5th of this year. Sunday, September 5th. 
at Mount St. Macrina in Uniontown, Pennsylvania. It's in the western part of Pennsylvania, a little south of the Pittsburgh area, towards the West Virginia border. Beautiful area there, and they have beautiful grounds. Even though they're holding this just on Sunday, you could still come in the area throughout the weekend. There's all kinds of wonderful things to do around there. There's a state park called Ohio Pile, which is famous for its whitewater rafting. There is the Frank Lloyd Wright home called Falling Waters, which is an architectural wonder. There's all kinds of little things to see there. Plus, it's just a, it's a very historical, beautiful area. And you can also attend, of course, the pilgrimage on Sunday. There's a schedule of information you can refer to by going to sistersofsaintbasil.org sistersofsaintbasil.org now that's spelled sisters of st basil so it's an abbreviation for a saint sistersofstbasil.org you can also watch live streaming of the services on that day at that same website sistersofstbasil.org and again the labor day pilgrimage september 5th sunday of this year When you go there, you'll meet a lot of wonderful people. You'll see a lot of our bishops, our priests, our clergy. It's just a great, great atmosphere. There's things for children, things for teenagers, a lot of prayer. These beautiful, they do these beautiful, beautiful candlelight processions at night. It runs along the entire property, which is made of these wonderful hills. You have shrines throughout the property. And the pilgrims come and they gather just before the evening as the sun sets and they have a prayer service and they hold candles and they process throughout the property in this big winding procession while they sing hymns and they end up at the main altar where there is a service that is done led by the bishops. And this is all, this all happens outside in the different shrines that are outdoors. They have facilities inside as well. They have facilities you can stay at also on the grounds. There's also hotels around. So consider it, especially those of you who are listening might be in the Ohio region. Oh, many of you do go there from Ohio. It's only a three-hour drive from Ohio, and it's well worth it. But anyone else can go, of course, as well. So again, the Labor Day weekend pilgrimage at Mount St. Macrina in Uniontown, Pennsylvania, Sunday, September 5th. You can make a whole weekend out of it in that whole area, though. So just contact the sisters, sistersofstbasil.org. That's the Order of St. Basil, which is St. Basil the Great, the great Byzantine saint. These sisters were founded under his name. And Mount St. Macrina, Macrina is the name of St. Basil's mother. That was a very holy family. They had three saints in that family. They had the daughter, they had St. Basil the Great, and his brother, St. Gregory of Nyssa. And their mother became a saint too. So the mother, daughter, and two sons became saints. So the same family. Can you imagine that? Wouldn't that be wonderful for your family or anybody's family? That's supposed to be our goal. Well, we have a lot of things swirling around other than this wonderful pilgrimage, and that is a lot of fear and anxiety and news or rumors or whatever about the pandemic especially as we're going to enter the flu season as well. So there's a lot of anxiety out there, a lot of anxiety about the flu and its variants and also policies about vaccinations. Many people don't want to have the vaccinations coerced or mandated. Many people think it should be. There's all kinds of stuff going on out there. But as always, I like to present the relevancy of the Eastern Christian spirituality to these kinds of issues. Remember, what we do in this program is not just a history lesson. Although it certainly includes that, the Eastern churches have a great history. They're very ancient rites of the church, but also they're relevant. 
They're good for all times. And what they bring to this time of anxiety are some things that I think can be very helpful, very valuable. First of all, to put us at a certain calm, a certain peace of mind, but also for our health as well. That's right. You see, we are psychosomatic beings, meaning we are physical and spiritual beings. Psychosomatic means body and soul, body and spirit. We're actually, if you go according to the Eastern theology, we are body, soul, and spirit. But basically, we are spiritual beings and physical beings at the same time, which means that real health must consider the whole person the whole psychosomatic person. What is good for the soul is good for the body and vice versa. They work together. Yes, they're separate entities, but they are inseparable as far as our health and our existence on earth and our eternal existence because we're going to have our bodies and souls reunited, gloriously transfigured in heaven forever, the way it was meant to be from the beginning. As long as we are, of course, saved, we have to make sure we get to heaven first. But when it comes to these issues of health, the Eastern churches have several things to offer. First of all, the worldview, the person as made in the image and likeness of God, that we are worth taking care of ourselves. We are valuable because we reflect God. And as I mentioned, because we are psychosomatic beings, we're spirit and body. It means we have to approach things, and the Eastern churches do, on a very holistic level. And one of the things that we do, in addition to our prayer, is we promote often fasting, the overcoming of the tyranny of our fallen passions. In other words, self-discipline. And at the top of that list of what we call the vices, or in the Eastern churches, they're called vices, but also logismo, in other words, thoughts, because things begin with our thoughts. At the top of that list, and it's eight deadly sins, in the Latin rite, it's seven. In the East, it's actually eight. Of course, we're always longer. <laughs> so the eight deadly sins begin at the top with gluttony, meaning avoiding overcoming the tyranny of our desire for hunger to pacify ourselves with food. So in the Eastern churches, there's a lot of fasting goes on, a lot of self-discipline. In fact, if you look at the icons, especially those of the saints, the monastics, they're often very ascetical looking, very gaunt looking. Their faces are kind of bony and kind of wrinkled because the idea there is that these saints had this great self-discipline. They did not overindulge in food. They fasted a lot. Nothing wrong with food. It's just that they fasted a lot. They wanted to break that yearning, that that craving of the passion of gluttony. And the Eastern churches believe that if you can break that tyranny, you can break the tyranny of other passions. And the list of eight vices ends up with pride because the Eastern churches say that even if you can overcome or reasonably overcome all the other vices, the one that will always still remain is the mother of them all, the wellspring of them all, and that is pride. In the Latin rite, churches in their list of seven vices or what they call the seven deadly sins pride is at the top so it's two ways as always east and west arriving at the same point that pride is where it all begins and ends but in between are the different vices and one of those is the discipline of our eating saying no to our cravings and why is this good for us especially during this pandemic well the one thing that's been consistent in this whole pandemic is the statistic that those who are most vulnerable, who seem to become most sickly with the COVID-19 virus, 
are those who are obese. And we're going to talk a little bit about that when we return. I'm Father Thomas Leia on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. There are two new books from EWTN Publishing, Grace Explained by Father Brian Milady and Finding Frasati by Christine Wohar. In Grace Explained, Father Brian Milady provides one of the clearest and most luminous explanations of grace ever written, employing the same everyday Catholic language that has made him so popular as an EWTN radio host and retreat master. And Finding Frasati, Blessed Pier Giorgio Frasati is identified as the man of the eight Beatitudes and recognized as one of the most fascinating and relatable saintly examples of the 20th century. Author Christine Wohar has created a practical guide to Frasati's short but spirited life. Grace Explained and Finding Frasati, available now at EWTNRC.com. Buy Catholic. Shop EWTNRC.com. Hi, I'm Bishop Earl Boyer for WJKNAM and W227BYFM, Good Shepherd Catholic Radio in Jackson, Michigan, and you're listening to Light of the East. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loyer, your host. We're presenting the Eastern churches in terms of the relevancy with the pandemic and all the other scares of our health as we're moving towards a flu season and all kinds of predictions and warnings about the pandemic. I mentioned that the factor of obesity is one of the biggest factors in the COVID-19 pandemic. Those people are most vulnerable. Now, I know that's a sensitive topic, and I know that people have trouble with their weight, not entirely because of just their own habits or discipline. It does have a lot to do with it, however, but it's not, I know, entirely due to that. There are certain conditions that people have in which they put on weight, it's difficult for them to take it off, and so on. But the fact is, if we can keep our weight down, it's going to help us to actually raise our immune system. And also, if we do get sick with the COVID-19 virus, it will help us to weather it better. It's a very important factor, actually. In this whole pandemic, let's face it, not many things have been that consistent. The experts have been kind of all over the board. Numbers have been all over the board. Every time you hear one thing, something else contradicts it. You don't know who to believe. But there are a few things that have been absolutely consistent. And one of those is that persons who are obese do have a greater vulnerability and greater harder time with this virus. Now, they're not the only population, but they're the ones at the top of the list. So the Eastern churches very wisely promote self-discipline when it comes to eating, fasting actually twice during the week, Wednesday and Friday at the very least. And in monasteries, many monasteries are, Eastern monasteries are basically vegan or they do very little meat. There's a lot of saying no to the cravings of passions, you know, to the fatty parts of life that goes on in the Eastern spirituality. And like I said, if you look at 
the Eastern monks and especially the icons of them, the great monastic spiritual fathers and mothers of the church, those masters of the spiritual life, they're always purposely painted in a very ascetical way, reminding us that they were very strict with their eating. And most all of them lived a very long time in harsh conditions, in caves and deserts, oftentimes alone with very little community. How in the world could they have done that? And they did great things. They taught things. They left behind great writings and teachings, which we learn about to this day. So there must have been something to that discipline that helped them with their health. The other thing is, in the Eastern spirituality, is that worship and prayer, which we do a lot of, is good for our health because we are made for worship. Think about a fish. A fish is healthiest in water, not out of water. A bird is healthy when it's flying, not when it can't fly. What the human person is healthiest when we are doing the one thing that only the human creature can do, that we were made to do, and that is to worship, to offer. It's good for our health, believe it or not. Yes, what's good for the spirit is good for our health because you're doing what is good for ourselves as a person, as a human person. Only we are created by God to observe and be in touch with, to see the very presence of God, to be touched by that presence, and to respond with the only thing logical and honest, praise and thanksgiving. That actually raises our immune system. And even in liturgy, in liturgy, we use a lot of incense in the Eastern churches. Everybody knows that. They know us for our incense Do you know that incense kills microbials in the air? Yeah, especially if it's good incense, pure incense, frankincense. Maybe that's one of the reasons the wise men brought that gift to Christ at his birth. They brought him frankincense, which is about our health. It's about something that is put on the body or put in the body through fragrances, through smells and so on. It's good for our health. So worship, church is actually good for our health. Now, I'm not talking about packing a church and having people breathing on top of each other. Nor am I saying that there should be major restrictions about people in church. Let us do something that the Eastern churches are good at. Let's live in the both and. Let's be reasonable. Let's not close our churches down, nor are we saying people should be on top of each other, breathing and sweating on each other. But people don't do that normally in church. Churches are not packed to the gills all the time. Would that they were. But they're not. So there doesn't have to be that inordinate fear that church is dangerous to our health. Church, worship, incense, lighting candles, praying, the community that comes from that, and the reception of the body and blood of Christ, the divine physician himself, is all good for our health. So the more prayer, the better. And we have prayer services, which are such that they constantly appeal to God for our health for a health and well-being. Another aspect of Eastern spirituality is the idea that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. We're very kinesthetic. We look at our bodies and we see them as houses, homes for the Holy Spirit. And so we look at them in a way that is sacred. We anoint them. We put holy water on them. They get blessed a lot. We do a lot with our bodies that reaffirms their holiness because we are the temples of the Holy Spirit, as the scriptures say. So what we put in our bodies, what we don't put in our bodies is also a part of the Eastern Christian spirituality. 
it's good for our health. I'd like to refer you to a few things that are helpful if, in fact, we get COVID, we get sick in any way, but also for preventing COVID. In other words, things that we can do for our bodies or not do with our bodies. And a lot of this is actually very natural. At my church of Annunciation, Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and you can see this by going onto our website, byzantinecatholic.com, we promote a very natural approach to health. They call it the real healthcare plan. We have an indigenous prairie that surrounds our 10-acre property, which preserves species like dragonflies and butterflies, which eat mosquitoes. They're predators of mosquitoes. So we have fewer mosquitoes on our property. But we also have on our property the plants that were actually medicinal for the Native Americans and for the early pioneers, and they still are in many ways. For example, echinacea. You can make tea with echinacea. Echinacea is one of the best things you can take for the immune system, either to prevent or to strengthen the immune system when we are sick. And we have those things growing on our property. We're surrounded by what was really an outdoor pharmacy. And we can learn from that and we can avail ourselves of some of those items there for our health. I can make my own tea from my own prairie. We have our own bees and we make our own honey from the bees that gather the pollen from our plants on our property, our prairie, and we eat the honey that comes from our own bees, which make the honey from the pollen of our own property. So it's very, very natural. And honey is one of the best things you can take for your health, especially if you do get into a respiratory sickness of whatever kind. Honey is excellent for that. And we have that right on our own property. A few other things, too, to keep in mind. Zinc is very good for our health system, especially when it comes to COVID. But zinc is something that has to get into the tissues, into the cells of our bodies, and it can resist the toxins. It can preserve our cells and tissues. It's very antiviral. But the experts tell us that zinc needs supplements, again, natural supplements, to activate. In other words, to open our cells so the zinc can get in there and activate. And these Activators, again, I'm stressing the natural aspect of them, are tannins, things you get from like tea, especially green tea or black tea or pecans, you know, nuts, walnuts and so on, apples, peaches and berries, even elderberries. We grow elderberries. Actually, elderberries grow wild on our property at Annunciation Parish in our prairie. So, We can take the elderberries, we can take the berries that grow there, berries you can get at the store, of course, and eat those along with taking zinc. And we get zinc in in different foods too, such as fun foods, oysters and crabs and lobster. How about that? You (laughs) You can raise your immune system and also have fun. Beans, chicken, foods like that actually contain zinc. Yes, you can get zinc tablets at the vitamin store. I get them myself, but the best way is through foods. The best way to actually take in vitamins or nutrients is through foods. Now, they have very sophisticated vitamins and so on today, but the best way is through foods. The other thing that would be helpful is to take in what's called quercetins, and these are things which help to guard against the sicknesses such as COVID-19. And we find the quercetins in other fun foods like capers. I like cooking with capers. They're really little things, but they're very powerful. Capers, hot peppers, onion, oregano, onions, spinach, okra, asparagus, and one of my favorites, 
red wine. Yes, these things contain what's called quercetin, which again helps to boost our immune system and also to fight things like the COVID-19 virus. One of the things that is most important in taking anything and for our bodies overall is what's called resisting or keeping down the inflammasomes. We have inflammasomes in our body. In other words, we have things that inflame our body whenever there is an attack, there's a toxin. You know that whenever we get injured, things swell up. We put ice on it because we swell up. Well, inflammation to a degree is good. The problem is the nature of the COVID-19 virus is that it increases the inflammations in our body to a dangerous degree. That's the problem. So we need to take things that are anti-inflammational. Things like turmeric, elderberries, vitamin D, vitamin A, vitamin C, melatonin. Things like that will help to reduce inflammation, not just when we are sick, but as a preventive. And finally, we have some botanicals, mushrooms, licorice, asparagus, and we mentioned echinacea before. And guess what? A favorite among a lot of different cultures, certainly mine, one of the best things you can take is garlic. And garlic is called Russian penicillin. Just a few tips to be good to our body in a natural way. And this is very much the Eastern spirituality, looking at nature sacramentally, seeing how it involves and reveals God, and using that above all and beyond, even beyond chemicals and pharmaceuticals, using God's nature to strengthen us and to heal us. Thanks for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. Join us for The Miracle Hunter with Michael O'Neill, Saturday at 1 p.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Miracle Hunter Michael O'Neill delves into the fascinating world of miracles and takes listeners on a hunt that explores the greatest mysteries and marvels of the Catholic Church. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh!